about 730 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah wrote in a scroll these words. He says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You can imagine when the people read those words, how they would have received them, what it would have made them think. A child, a child will be called Mighty God. A child will be called Everlasting Father. What is happening here? A hundred years after that, around 600 years before Christ came to earth, another prophet, Daniel, had a vision where he saw the throne room of God. And in this vision, he saw the Ancient of Days, he called God, the Ancient of Days, seated on the throne, surrounded by thousands and thousands of, of adoring people. It was a, a magnificent vision of the glories of God. And then, into this scene, he says, I saw one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven and he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence and he was given authority glory and sovereign power all nations and peoples of every language worshipped him his dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed we have in these words, these prophecies, we have the coming of a king and he will look like us. It's a wonderful thing to think about. And as I've been reflecting, coming up to this Christmas season, on what it means that Christ, Jesus, came into our world, it has just blown my mind to think of what that would have been like for the people who were there to experience it, to think that God is walking among us. I've been reading through the Bible with the girls after, after dinner and we recently came across a story in Luke and it's very much not a Christmas story but I thought it was so relevant because it speaks to who this man is, this child born on Christmas Day is. You see, let me take you to the scene. We're in Israel at the beginning, well, I don't know what year you call it. <laughs> Zero AD. No, it's about, about 30 AD. And there's been reports going out that there's a man, a teacher, who has authority, who teaches like no one has taught before him. He's a man like nobody has ever seen before. And there's been reports that he's not just a teacher, but that he's a healer. He's a miracle worker. And there are people in need who have heard of this man there are people who have a friend who's been paralyzed. He's lame. He can't walk. And they decide they're going to take this man, this, their lame friend, to this teacher they've been hearing about. And so they pick up him on his bed and they take him to the teacher. But the teacher is surrounded by crowds, so many people trying to hear the words of this man. And so they can't get to him. And so what they do is they climb up onto the roof of the house 
where this man Jesus is talking and they begin to tear apart the roof. Imagine that, hey? I mean, that's a scene. That's a bit of drama. They are so desperate to get their friend to this man. And what happens, I want to read it to you because it is so astounding. So we go to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 5. And I'll read from the beginning, from uh, verse 17. It says, One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. And they had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came, carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, listen to this, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Friend, your sins are forgiven. This guy had come to be healed and yet suddenly this man is standing in front of him saying, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now the people there, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow? Who is this man who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone. Jesus knew what they were thinking, and he asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? They're both easy things to say, let's be honest. We can say the words, but to see them happen is a whole other thing entirely. And Jesus says, I want you to know, and here he references the vision of Daniel. He says, I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God and everyone was amazed and gave praise to God they were filled with awe and they said we have seen remarkable things today we have seen remarkable things today and when we come to Christmas time we think about the Christmas story isn't that our reaction what a remarkable thing it is to think that the God of the universe the God of creation the God of heaven's army and glory has come down and walked among us. Anyone can say, your, friends, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk, but to see it happen is another thing entirely. And when Jesus said, get up and walk, and the man walked, it was proof that he was able to make the other thing happen as well. He came for a reason. He came for a reason. And I want to turn over to the book of Philippians where the Apostle Paul writes to us and he references what many believe is a hymn 
of the early church. And I think you could very well say it's one of the first Christmas carols ever written. It's a beautiful, beautiful song where it talks about what Jesus did when he came to earth. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Paul says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mind as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature, in very essence God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, that God came into our world. There's a song we're going to be singing once I'm done, which is a song I absolutely love. It's called The Servant King. And that is who our king is, a servant king who came to serve us. And the opening line of the song is, From heaven he came, helpless babe. And I think, can you get a bigger contrast in the opening lines of a, of a song? From heaven he came, helpless babe. From heaven, surrounded by angels, full of glory. Imagine being there, like we, we couldn't even stand in the presence of God. Like he's so holy, so perfect, so righteous, so good. And he's left his throne He's left his heavenly abode and he's allowed himself to be constrained by flesh to enter into our world and not as, as a conquering king, as somebody highly exalted, but as a humble, helpless baby born in a humble, tiny town. His birth announced to poor shepherds, this is our king, this is our God and what he has done for us. And he came for a reason. He came for a purpose. The, the song goes on to say, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's the reason we have Christmas today. Not just to celebrate the baby coming to the world, just to celebrate the reason for which this baby came. This baby was born not to live, but to die to go to the cross. And on that cross, the greatest of exchanges happened. God, who was so rich, became poor, that in him we might become rich. On the cross, he who was perfect and knew no sin, became sin for us, that in him we might have the righteousness of God. It was a hard task, an incredibly weighty task, when Jesus was coming up to the time of the crucifixion, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying before it. And it says that as he prayed, his sweat came out like drops of blood. And he cried out to his father and said, Father, if there is any way, take this cup from me. This mission that I have is so much, how can I bear it? If there's any other way, let's not go through with this. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He humbled himself. He submitted himself. He became obedient even to death on the cross. And he had so many times he could have made an out. 
even when these soldiers came in the night time in the cover of darkness like thieves to make a sham trial of Jesus, to kill him. When they came to capture him, one of his disciples, Peter, grabbed his sword and went to defend him. He cut off the ear of one of the servants there. And Jesus stopped him and he healed the ear of the man who had come to help capture him. And he said to Peter, Do you not know that even right now I could call to my father and he would put 12 legions of angels at my disposal? He voluntarily chose to go through with his plan all along, which was to go to the cross and to drink the cup that the Father had prepared for him. He said, shall I not drink this cup that the Father has given me? The cup of God's wrath that was supposed to be on us. Supposed to be on us. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. The gift that God gave to us, the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. At Christmas, God sent his son into the world and he gives us the greatest gift of all. I don't know what gifts you're hoping to receive tomorrow, what gifts you're hoping to give. It's a lovely, lovely thing to do, giving and receiving gifts. But I hope that you have received the greatest gift of all, the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. When Jesus was on the cross, the wrath of God was poured out on him. The punishment that we deserve was poured out on him and he bore it for our sake. And at the end, before he gave his last breath, he cried out, It is finished. It is finished. He has done it. But again, anyone can say the words, How do we know? How do we know? Well, three days later, the grave couldn't hold him no longer and he rose from that grave in victory over death. Death, where is your sting? It's been conquered. Christ conquered it. He finished the work. And he rose again, and he rose up to the Father to return to his glory. And the Bible says, Jesus said himself, the Son of Man is coming again. The Son of Man will return on the clouds of heaven, but this time not as helpless babe, but as returning glorious king. The Son of Man will come on the clouds of heaven in power and great glory. Let me finish the song, the hymn that we read in Philippians, this first Christmas carol. It says, He became obedient to death, even death on a cross, and therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's coming a day when every eye will behold him. 
Every eye will see him. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess, yes, he is Lord. The day of the Lord will be like none before. be a wonderful day. For those who are in Christ and who receive him as their coming king, it will be beautiful, it will be glorious. For those who have rejected him, it will be terrifying. When God comes in all his glory, and we all go before him to give account of our lives. So as we come to Christmas, I want you to celebrate that he is born. Jesus came. Jesus came to the earth. It's a wonderful, remarkable thing. And I want you to remember that he died. He died for our sins and that he rose again that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He made a way that we can be right with God because peace with God is the greatest gift that you can receive this Christmas. And I want you to know that he is coming again, our glorious reigning king. And what a beautiful day that will be. So Merry Christmas to you all. Let's sing another song.